civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary. Gary, plug in the scream harvester. This is not a test. Now fire up the portal doors. Okay, put on that wetsuit and let's get started. The Glorious Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. Gary has volunteered to venture through a repaired portal door dressed up as a monster so that he can harvest the screams of small children. And... Yes, we now should have enough power for our show. So whilst he emotionally traumatises the next generation, we'll be bringing you government-improved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was early 21st century Britain. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and we have a packed show for you today. As you all know, the latest zombie outbreak has now peaked, so we will be able to return to our usual broadcasting. First up, we'll be getting the latest advice from acting national vet Pottery Leg. Vampirism is growing in popularity, so mm. why not just roll with it and see how having the ever-living under your roof? Yes. After all, it brings property permit prices down. And then we'll be hearing all about the hippest fads in food from blogger and influencer deliciously swamp mongrella. I uploaded that video of me fighting a swamp mongrel and us trying to eat each other and it just went viral. And finally, we'll be catching up with Sly Winifred and all the latest from the Gadget Dungeon. I think we're actually going to bring in a familiar face to you, your family horse, Dobbin. <laughs> but first, with summer on the way, here are the latest seasonal threat levels that you all need to be aware of. The glorious republic of your entire radio show. With the days getting longer and longer, the official vampire warning status has been reduced to amber. But unfortunately, the high spring tides has meant we've had to raise the Cthulhu is imminent warning back up to aquamarine. Whitby's eternal radiation cloud has now been blown back offshore, so the beaches are open again. But now you need to check that your fish supper doesn't glow in the dark. If it does, don't throw it away just yet, as you might need it to fend off the pterodactyl seagull hybrids. I'm afraid the ants are back and more organised than ever. Rotherham has already been absorbed and converted to their ever-expanding arthropod colony. We are currently in negotiations with their queen about agreeing some borders, but residents of Doncaster have been advised to hermetically seal their domiciles. Please make sure you have at least a week's supply of oxygen tanks in the cellar before doing this. And finally, Pollen levels are going to hit an eye-watering 82 tomorrow, so make sure you've got some spare Kleenex for those summer sniffles. But now, as we're all aware, our glorious government has various national posts that are appointed by the Central Committee to serve as leaders in their field. We have Sir Aubrey Ossett-Tung doing fine work as our national judge. Terence Dunstable has proven himself as more than capable in his role as our national baker, and the evergreen Wilhelmina Schlurb is now our longest serving national vajazzler. But it's the role of national vet that has proved most difficult to fill. 
previous incumbent Professor Stanley Centrebeam was forced to resign over the cash for Kestrel scandal. Dr. Valerie Crankpin got lost in a swarm of accountancy parrots and is now missing presumed board. And Inspector Elliot Traction, Flight Lieutenant Bixby Hostling and Archbishop Cherry Sandbox all succumbed to the 29 outbreak of swamp mongrel sinusitis. The latest appointment is former fitness instructor Pottery Leg, and I caught up with him to have a chat about his new job and also to get him to answer some of your animal-related questions and queries. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. Good evening and welcome to the show. We have with us Pottery Leg, fitness instructor and acting vet. It's Pottery. 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 It is written pottery when it's pronounced pottery. So, pottery. Yeah. You are now our acting vet. And as such, you're traveling far and wide and seeing so all sorts of marvelous things. But we've got you on tonight to talk about the pets, if you want. Yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. People have been writing to me with all manner of curious pet-based ailments. And as acting vet, I'll, I'll have a go. Yes, we've got some questions from our audience. Ooh. So let's get straight Ooh. to them because I'm sure the listeners are dying to hear the latest advice. Because as we know, as things mutate, the advice changes is almost on a daily basis. Every day is a learning day. So our first question is from Rodney Glossop of Eden Unit. I am a sheep farmer. Oh, fancy. And recently suffered Ooh. an outbreak of lamb pop. Oh, mm. lamb pop. Can you advise? Sheep are very absorbent with what remains of the wool. And the lanolin does attract zombies. And obviously lamb pop, once it's in a herd, um, well, it's, it's very loud. And once the lambs do, you know... This well, you just can't stop. No, you really can't. And, no. and the fresh carrion, delicious carrion, is going to invite a lot of things that feed on carrion, small children. If you suffered from lamb pop, is there any salvaging? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Simply take all of the herd and barrel them, because that way, by the time they do, it's quite a. Quite a, quite a forceful explosion. However, the barrel contained them, and it's a pickling process, and they're then good for up to three years. Oh, nice. So you barrel your lambs in anticipation of the yeah. lamb top. Yes, yes, yes. So should they go, you've got an instant barrel of pickled yes. lamb. Yes, don't stack the barrels. Eden Unit, yes, there mm. was a farm over to the south-north of Eden Unit, which was um, well, then destroyed with some loss of life um, after they had been stacking barrels. And quite a serious explosive force. Ah. It flings... Um, debris and bones some way. Uh, do be very careful when barreling your hands. Okay, we will do. And our next question comes from Christine Famine, age seven, pod 33 West. Mm. She writes, should my maggots be this colour? She's enclosed a drawing of a photo, which, uh, oh, it's a bit mossy, I'm afraid, but you might be able to distinguish the original colour through the growth. She's patently got a gift. She does have very healthy maggots. Um, these maggots aren't normally found in humans. These maggots are normally found in maggots. So they should be that colour, but they shouldn't be in any of your wounds. I'm afraid uh, you should probably amputate. Obviously, I'm an acting vet rather than an actual medical practitioner, so get a, get a friend or family member to do it for you. The maggots within maggots are pretty voracious. I've heard that this happens because the maggots have eaten through the maggot that they're in and they yes. start to eat the flesh. Yes, 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 yes. But wouldn't the arm just fall off naturally anyway? I'm afraid it won't. However, if your family can keep you alive long enough, the maggots are a delicious treat and very high in protein. So I'd suggest salting them for the next winter, which uh, I believe will be in a day or two following the current winter. 
the glorious free republic of Yorkshire radio show. And we'll hear the rest of that chat in a moment. But first, here's a little taste of what's also available to listen to on the Free Yorkshire Network. The History Mystery Podcast. Every week we'll be examining a different era of history and trying to figure out what really happened. Since the internet was accidentally deleted in 2037 by Barry, when he forgot to back it up over the weekend, it's become rather tricky to confirm or deny historical facts. But we're going to give it our best shot. So, Henry VIII, he had some wives, yes? Yeah, apparently he married a few people um, legally, separately. Uh, Rasputin was famous for vomiting on command. William the Conqueror, esteemed military strategist or someone who had a really good horse chestnut tree. World War II, a global configuration of staggering importance or a rare example of a sequel that was actually better than the original. Mao Zedong, Chairman Mao, was actually a cat that ran China with its paws. Elizabeth I was actually Elizabeth III. That's what's really exciting. We are going in reverse chronological order. And she was called Elizabeth because in fact she was a lizard, a gecko in fact to be specific. (laughs) The History Mystery Podcast because our history is now a mystery. And now back to our interview with clueless buffoon Pottery Leg. And we're a more straightforward inquiry here from Clive Penrickson of Skelmanthorpe. He says, my dog recently gave birth to 13 fully born frogs. Oh, is this uh, Is this anything to be worried about? As long as the frogs are all healthy, no. I'm, I'm assuming you have a lid to keep the litter in, or fritter, as it's frogs. It's not uncommon for dogs to give birth to uh, live amphibians, because obviously the amphibians have been growing in size and laying their eggs pretty much wherever they can. So, mm-hmm. congratulations. If the screaming does keep you awake, then you can... Deafen yourself. By using... A pencil or a twig. Okay, simple as that. Yes, 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 yes. And will these frogs then give birth to dogs? It depends on how they're stored. Okay. Um, Make sure that they're not toads. Toads are very poisonous. Mm. Yes, so if they're toads, you should notify the military almost immediately. Uh, Give them as gifts to one's enemies or neighbours and increase one's malt holding. Okay. And do they need to eat them, or will the mere presence of a toad chucked over the fence be enough to decimate a family? Paint the toad in an attractive colour, perhaps with a birthday greeting. That should do the trick. Good handy tip. So, our next question is from Emily Bemley from Harwith-on-Sea. She asks, how do I prevent vampire bats from feeding on my sleeping family? I would say it's difficult to prevent, although prevention is better than cure. Hmm. Vampirism is growing in popularity, so mm. why not just roll with it and see how having the ever-living under your roof... Yes. After all, it brings property permit prices down. It does. And the almost complete absence of daylight makes it's, it fairly it's safe really, these Vampirism days. is a growth area in mm-hmm. The Republic has benefited from the local vampire population. What with the mirror shortage anyways, it eases the pressure on that. And the garlic ban has made it very, very... Simple for uh, entire families to take a vampirism. In fact, entire towns. Skipton. <laughs> a sunny day in Skipton. Oh, this people bursting into flame left, right and centre. Well, yes, but then that provides oh, some sort of sunny day. heating. You know, as long yeah. as they're near a boiler, there's no real harm done. 
Um, far be it for me to um, tell you how to do your job as well, but thinking of the question, how do I prevent vampire bats from feasting on my sleeping family? Surely one of the obvious answers is to never let your family go to sleep again. A very good point. Sleeping family is the weeping family, I would say. If you're going to sleep, then the terrors of the night will surround you. So uh, do what you can to make sure your family are never lulled into that state. And finally, we've got a question from Glenn Glump. He asks, oh, well, well, actually, merely he states, my cat has recently become a zombie. Oh, uh, sweet. Sweet. Fortunately, the cat has no teeth anyway, so uh, they aren't able to pass it on, but they do hiss at them and continually stare at them with deathly eyes and, you know, maraud them in their sleep. So yes, 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 yes. they're being a bit more friendly than they were previously. Yes, more attentive. One thing a zombie cat can be used for, as it has no teeth, no claws, it's very good for a soothing massage. Let it think it's getting the brain as it persists in trying to get through the skull mm-hmm. it's a very very soothing as long as you're not suffering from thinning of the skull yourself yes oh no in which case it would be like taking a mallet to an egg yeah well it goes through you like paper mache oh, once really that like, kicks in and be very very careful because they are persistent so don't fall asleep in that resting position because the cat will eventually wear away the skin what with the radiation sickness well, maybe if you're living near the family that's now never going to sleep again, the continually banging of pots will keep you awake as well. Yes, don't forget to bang your fine. pots. Yes. Tell everyone you're safe by banging your pots day and night. Well, thank you very much for all that wonderful advice, Pottery. We hope to hear from you again soon. It's been a genuine pleasure speaking to you, Lord. And may I compliment you on the quality of biscuit? It was... Oh, know. no, that's not biscuit. Oh, We've had the studio re-soundproofed. I think you might have just had a few of the pants. That was an acoustic tile. Hmm, never mind. <sighs> oh, well, that's best us. It's filling. The glorious republic of your radio show. What an informative interview that was. It's good to know that simpering simpletons like Pottery are still able to be of some use to the great people of Yorkshire. But we don't just like to look after animals. We also like to kill and eat them. And who better to bring us up to speed on the latest food fads than cooking blogger and influencer, Deliciously Swamp Mongrella. I caught up with her to find out the latest in culinary trends. And we have with us in the studio, Deliciously Swamp Mongrella, and they're going to tell us all about their latest recipes. Swamp Mongrella, oh, oh can I call you Deliciously? Oh, you can, <laughs> since we're special friends, Lloyd. I love what you're wearing. Who is it? My grandfather, I guess it's... Oh, uh, it's his skin. Yes, yes. Uh, it's so nice to see these things stay in the family. <laughs> it's so authentic. And so you're here to share some of your latest recipes with us. What is going on in the world of food blogging? Well, I've been playing around with, and wait, stay with me, it's nettles and, of course, my signature swamp mongrel. Mm -hmm. And recently I've been trying this raw thing. It's like a health and lifestyle thing. I just love these, like, nettle salads. It's so fresh and sharp. Yes, if you don't apply enough BAM, it will bring you out in a severe, life-threatening rash. Well, yeah, but like that's really just the authentic way to experience a metal salad, you know? You were talking about serving up your raw dishes. Yeah. This has triggered the Swamp Mongrella Challenge. Yeah. It's all the craze (laughs) on YouTube. It's eat it before it eats you. Well, yeah. I mean, I uploaded that video of me fighting a Swamp Mongrel and us trying to eat each other. 
other and it just went viral and it's just so random because I'm just like this little blogger with a four-person marketing team and it's just people seem to really respond to what my consultants say they'll respond to. Ah, that's so heartwarming. So authentic. And the karma farm that you employed to just spontaneously spread this video is, you know, it's yeah, a real cottage exactly. industry type it's story. Cottage industry. It's just me and Blendoy Capital and the team, which is really just like me and eight or nine hundred close friends. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, just like it's, a family story it's almost. It's a little true Yorkshire dream. And so the court cases are coming up due to the deaths caused by this viral video. Are hmm. you able to comment on that? Um, well, no. No, I probably shouldn't comment. I do have my lawyer here. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he's just... Yeah, no, that, that finger across the throat sign, that's generally a negative I kind of hand signal, isn't it? I don't have to kill him. That's okay. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. We'll cut this bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, outside of... Uh... Something's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's hope it's not brick cables, yeah. eh? Yeah. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. And we'll hear the rest of that chat in a moment. But first, here's a word from this week's sponsor. It's Mongrelis Paella. Yes, you've salivated over Pudding's Puddings, you've sampled the Round Z Chimpanzee, and you've quite rightly turned your noses up at Bovary's Ovaries. But now it's time to treat yourself to the last word in rhyming rations. It's Mongrella Paella, a dish that contains items with the texture of rice and other bits that, well, if they're not meat now, they certainly have the potential to evolve into some form of flesh in the future. <laughs> Best not to think about it. It's the only thing on this week's government-issued ration card anyway, so it's either this or back to foraging for unmutated mushrooms. Mongrella paella, fella, it's stellar, and definitely not made from the cerebella of a cellar dweller. <laughs> okay, let's rejoin our chat with preening Pop and Jay, deliciously swamp Mongrella. So you've been widening your recipes slightly. Yeah. You are the queen of the classic swamp mongrel and nettle combination, but yeah. you've come up with some hot takes on it. I mean, quite often people will just use the swamp mongrel flesh, but I actually love to do a kind of Bloody Mary, which obviously since the end of tomatoes has like gone out of vogue a little bit. Mm -hmm. But what I like to do is cut the throat and drain it into a glass. Right. And then you season that with tears of despair. Which you can get from your local orphanage. And then you just need to top it off with well, I like to use my signature nettle tequila. Delicious. And that's just a real pick-me-up. And the genetically modified worm in that tequila. Yeah. So we did have some issues with it devouring people. Mm-hmm. 
But in the end, that's just what gives the tequila its distinctive flavour. I think it's sort of sacrifice that's worth making for a drink this good. Indeed. And you're going to be taking these recipes on the road. A swamp mongrella goes on yeah, tour. Yeah, I am. So we've got our own little tour van mm-hmm. with all of the amenities. Got a little bed, a hammock, got my own little kitchen, wardrobe, machine guns, war boys, flamethrowers, knives. So it's going to be totally spontaneous. You know, just follow me on all of my channels and yeah, I'll be doing sort of like pop-up appearances everywhere. It's really just wherever we find survivors. Okay, and so obviously you'll have to bring your own rations because you can't be yeah. feeding people willy-nilly. Yeah, so um, what, what's the most fun things you've had people bring so far? So I'm expecting lots of Bloody Marys mm. uh, and, of course, the deliciously swamp mongrella challenge. You know, yeah, it's yeah. going to be happening. Oh, you're doing a live version. That's going <laughs> to well, be exciting. Yeah, unless anyone stops me. <laughs> <laughs> and who's going to do that? Well, it's officially swamp mongrel season, so yeah, of everyone knows the risks. As long as you bring your anti-swamp mongrel balm and chew-proof sou'wester as well, there's a key bit of clothing to bring along. But, you know, you don't want to be covering up too much of your fashion because you're a famously flamboyant dresser as well, and then your fans like to mirror (laughs) that. I'm actually wearing Ali, who was my pet swamp mongrel until in the challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, He died, and uh, I took his skin. What a lovely tribute. I know, I know. I just feel it so odd. so bristly. The one patch of fur I can feel that's covering one of your nipples is well, delightful. <laughs> it's quite the look. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so deliciously, we're all very much looking forward to your tour. Thank you. Look out for the van. You'll feel the heat of the flamethrowers as it passes your domicile. You will. And you Especially know where to go. Especially if you get too close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks again for coming in. And, uh, oh, thank you so much for having me. We look forward to your me. next recipe. Thanks and good night. Bye, guys. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. Well, the children through the portal seem to have figured out that that's not a monster. It's just Gary in a wetsuit with some old hedgehog carcasses superglued to it, and they're not taking kindly to his misuse of some real-life sonics. But I think we've got just enough time for a quick visit to the Gadget Dungeon with Sly Winifred. So we are back in the Gadget Dungeon with our Gadget Master, Sly Winifred. And this week, we're all about the horses. Isn't that right, Sly? Every home has a horse. Or if you don't, your neighbours have got a horse. You've seen them around. Majestic creatures. But what's the flaw in having a horse? Eventually, their legs wear away to stumps. That's right. Or should I say, that used to be right. Because we've got this fabulous new machine from the Ministry of Technology that will actually put a shoe on your horse automatically. That sounds like witchcraft to me. (laughs) It does. But thankfully, witchcraft has been banned and those who practice it earned appropriately. Well, given that it's not witchcraft, how does this machine work? Well, it seems more complicated than it is. First thing to notice is the size. Would you say that's a large machine or a small machine? I mean, it's less than five feet wide and under four feet tall, so that's pretty small technology. Exactly. It's impressively compact. And all you have to do is bring in your horse 
back it in slowly, obviously. Pick up one of the legs. The way that it's recommended to do this is to come at the horse unexpectedly and just grab one of its legs. Yes, yes. Horses don't like to be talked to nicely or calmly. It's always best to show them who's boss and mount your horse from behind. That's absolutely right. Then you just move the horse, or if you can, more appropriately drag the horse by its leg, slap its hoof down into this strap, nail it down in place. That's still the hoof. And then this machine here, you see on one side, you'll see this anvil. Yes. And on the other end, you'll see a shoe for a horse. So when you twist the lever, it slowly expands these apart with a powerful elastic band. And at the right moment, the shoe, the anvil, and the horse all combine in one glorious spark of Yorkshire technology. That's absolutely right. And I think we're actually going to bring in a familiar face to you, your family horse, Dobbin. We're going to bring in right now. Sorry, that's Dobbin, as in Step Dobbin. I do apologise. That's okay. I hadn't read the copy properly there. Uh, so, Dobbin, <laughs> obviously, what people want to hear is they want to hear a demonstration. So, if you grab one of Dobbin's legs now, and let's be honest, those hooves, they do need a bit of maintenance, don't they? They do suffer a bit of wear and tear. We're one of the few corners of the country that do have tarmac roads, which is great for us, but not so good for the horses. So yes, maintenance is high. So if you want to just, as I say, run up, grab one of those legs, I'll stay back here and I'll walk you through the process. Okay, I'm just going to get around Dobbin's back to make sure that I'm completely unsighted. Perfect. And now I'm going to run forward. That's it. Okay, Rabbit. I've got a hold. I've got a hold of it. Yeah, wrestle. <laughs> yeah, wrestle. Yeah, I'm getting it. <laughs> oh, it's, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, the dung is piling up on my shoulder, but it's not loosening my grip at all. Don't worry. Good man. Now, don't worry about that pile up. In fact, we're going to use that as fuel for your later machine. Okay. But uh, for now, get that leg in there, strap it down. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. Okay, I'm going to hammer it in place. Okay, that hoof with one of these nails. Two nails, three nails. Please hold him properly. Oh. I think he's got a touch of diarrhea. It's getting very slippery here. Four nails, and then we just wind up the anvil here. We stretch out those rubber bands, and in just four, three, two, one, go. Oh, release his leg, release his leg. Oh. Oh, that didn't quite go as planned, did it? Will I be able to get that horseshoe out of his buttock? Absolutely. It's looking fairly firmly wedged in there. No, that won't be a problem. And I'll tell you what this is. It's a simple example of human error with a very high quality machine. Yes, we can see that the machine works perfectly as long as you've got a trained operator. And uh, that will not be provided at launch. Okay, and so the training manual sold separately, so where can one get one of these manuals? That will be sent to you anywhere in 8 to 24 weeks after purchase. Okay, well that's another fascinating episode, thanks for that Sly. A pleasure. Okay, Gary has just managed to clamber back through the portal before a now livid mob of children attempted to insert one of those hedgehog carcasses in what surely would have been a rather excruciating one-way journey. So I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio, and until next time, may all your brews be strong, may all your puddings be fattled, and may all your swamp mongrels be radiation-free. 
Tara. Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, the guy who puts all this together. And on this show, you heard Paul Silky White, Quemby Harley, Victoria Hogg, Francesca Reed, and Adam Martin. You can find out more about what they do in the information section of this podcast. And you can follow this podcast on the various social medias at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month. But if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate, review, and rebel rouse. Thanks. The glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show.